a good Tuesday afternoon to you. It's the Amron Illinois Lunch Show here with Klaibs and Joe on ClaibsOnline.com, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, powered by Graybar and uh, Klaibs, our uh, friends at Amron Illinois have a uh, special project for us tomorrow that they uh, that, that we're, we're real excited for. They approached you with it, and you accepted and said that you would do it, and then suddenly uh, now I'm the one doing all of the, uh, the work for this. It's uh, funny how that worked out. Well, no, it's only because I'm on the injured list, and uh, I can't uh, participate in that. But uh, I know you'll do a fine job. I'm anxious to see how this works out. Uh, it's just another way of Amarin showing us all the things they do. And we can actually tell them firsthand how certain things work. And once they see what we're talking about, uh, I think they'll have greater appreciation for what the good folks at Amory, Illinois do. So what you have me doing tomorrow morning, I am going out to uh, one of the sites in Maryville, Illinois, uh, for Amarin, Illinois. And for the for an hour or two or whatever, I'm going to be a, a linesman for the uh, the folks at Amron. So if anybody in the Maryville area loses power, um, I'm to blame fully for uh, for any of that. See, uh, I don't think you'd be <laughs> smart enough not to even get near a line. I, I don't know what I'm in for. They have told me, so the directions that I've been given to wear long sleeves because That's I'll smart. be I'll be holding on to a wooden pole at all times, so I have mm-hmm. to have long sleeves on. Uh, blue jeans, uh, mm-hmm. and it says here in the notes, I will get sweaty and dirty. They are going to provide me with leather gloves, safety glasses, and safety gear. And Klaibs, here's the thing I got to go out and buy for today uh, because, I mean, I've, I, I, work, I, I work at a gym and I work in sports media. Those, those are my two jobs, so this would not be in my attire or a pair of work boots. I would agree with you. There's no reason <laughs> for me to have a pair either. Yeah. Any, anything I need to have for work boots on, I'm probably smart enough to hire somebody who's more of a trained professional than I am. So yeah. uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't affect me at all. Yeah. It says here I'm going to be going up in a bucket. I'm going to be climbing a power pole and I'm going to be working on a cross arm. I've been told that whatever equipment I'm wearing is about 40 to 60 pounds while I'm also up there as well. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's what my Wednesday morning is going to look like. Can't the, wait, uh, folks in Amron, Illinois. So, Klaibs, um, this even though you you kind of volunteered me into this, it has sparked another idea for me for a new segment, a new uh, bit of content that we're going to do here on Klaibs Online. That I've already lined up our next one for it as well, and it's basically Dirty Jobs Klaibs Online edition. You remember the show Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe? Yeah. where he would go and do stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hey, any sponsors that we have, if they would like me to come out there and see what it's like in a day in the life of that, uh, Munganass is, is going to have me come out and do some uh, some work with the uh, with the mechanics out there at Munganass. Well, it's funny you bring this up because uh, one of our potential sponsors is St. Louis Zoo is looking for someone to go Jeez. and clean out the lion's cage. So I guess, <laughs> I guess you're it. <laughs> Yeah, so I just I just got an email from them. But just they want us to come out and see what it's like to live in a lion's cage and, and take Wonderful. care of lions. Yeah, yeah. So, no, that's that's great. Well, it's a lot, wait a minute, bears are also involved. So yeah, you take your pick. I, I mean, you know, I run the trails out here in uh, in St. Louis and Madison County and St. Clair County a lot, and there's you know there's been reports of of mountain lions and cougars out on the trail too. So. I mean, just bring on the bears and the tigers and whatever else. It, well, it's, you can have at it. this point. Yeah. So I'll just stay in the car. 
Yeah. So that is uh so yeah, talked to Jamie about it this morning and he was he was all on board with it. Uh he was like, Oh yeah, we'll do tire rotations, we'll do oil changes. So again, I don't know whose car they potentially have me working on, but well, I, I can feel tell you whose car won't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. You know what? I think they ought, I think you ought to work on your own car or maybe your wife's car. I want to drive home. I'm not no, that's you let yeah, me Uber. No, you let me work on somebody's car and then tell me, hey, give me a pat on the back. Tell me I did a great job. And then when I leave, have them come back in there and fix all the mistakes I made. (laughs) Well, if it's a slow day in the service department, it sounds like you'll be able to spruce it up a little bit. Yeah, so that's uh, so we we need to think about that with some of our other uh, some of our other clients that we have on board here i'm I'm sure painting and decorating foundation has uh they would be a good one to start up. with yeah yeah uh a bar back at fast eddies all that stuff i mean we we can we can make this work and we can uh we can find something to do over the next few months here on uh on claves online because you know what in the month of october claves we're not gonna have uh cardinal baseball to talk about anymore no all of a sudden college football will move to the front of the line uh blues hockey will be starting up and uh, we'll see what else will come up, come by. Uh, but college football, you know, as you know, the NFL, I don't really get into until September. By the way, did you see what happened with Dave Fleming? From the I Giants? did. Yes. I, uh, yeah. I, I think that's something we ought to think about. I, I'm not advocating that we, the, the loser ends up being a bat boy. But the, the person who finishes in last place, th- there should be some sort of recognition for what they weren't able to do. Right. I'm that's that's fine with me. Yeah. If you missed it, Dave Fleming, uh, the voice of the, uh, the the radio voice of the Giants, uh, he finished last in fantasy football last year in uh, in whatever league it was. So he had to be the bat boy, the ball boy yesterday for only what the first three innings. Yeah, because the, he had to work uh, the fourth uh, inning. Yeah. So he, he went back up to the booth still in full bat boy uniform, too. Yeah. Uh, now see, here's the thing about being a bat boy. It's not just fetching balls for the umpire. You have to be in there rubbing up balls. There's a lot of things that go into it. Is a very, it's a very challenging position. I, I think people think it's just kind of cool to sit out on the field. Those guys get there around three in the afternoon, and there's plenty of work to do. Uh, so I don't know if Flem did all of that, but you know, just having him do his thing last night, I got a kick out of. From the videos that they were showing and whatever they posted, it looked like he was working a lot harder than he expected mm-hmm. to uh, to have to work down there. I don't I don't know if he was he at one point he was like, wait, I got to go do that too. Like I I got to be on top of it for that. So yeah, I think there were were some times that that he he didn't quite uh, get the full gist of the job when he was uh well, he's got he he's got a clear it. idea about it now that's for sure he does uh cardinals this is it's got to be a rough stretch of the season because not only you know it's been a rough season it's been a tough season to watch and now this is two series in a row where you're just getting nothing from the opponents either royals in one and a's in the next i mean at least you want somebody exciting to be in town or somebody to look at on the other side and go okay you know what that's a reason to watch right now Royals and A's aren't giving you that. No, they aren't. And and I don't know if the Mets are going to give it to you either. But, you know, one of the things, if there's a plus here, it gives the Cardinals a chance to get to 500 or or work their way to it. Uh, Right now they're 53 and 66, so they're 13 under. But, you know, uh, I know that's an internal mission for this ball club is to try and get to 500 before the season is over with. So if you can fatten up on the A's and the Mets, 
you're going to see Pittsburgh here in the very near future. So you'd be trying to fight to make sure you get out of last place in the division. And there are a few other teams on the, on the schedule that you might have to deal with. But overall, I think that it's uh it, it's your mini mission right now. And you got to take advantage of it. And you know what? The thing is with the Oakland A's, they've only won 33 games. But there are 33 teams that took them for granted. All right. And you have to make sure you're not 34 or 35. And because they have some interesting players, they just don't have enough players with legitimate experience. Hence the reason why I think they've fallen off in the manner that they have. Uh, right now, they're on course to lose 117 games. Yeah. And that's uh, at one point this year, didn't they have a five or six game win streak? They like, did. They, they went on a nice little run yeah, at did. one point in they the year. They won seven in a row. Yeah, and they still only have 33 on the season. Yeah, so that tells you how bad it's been for them. But, right. um, you know, I think this is a team you had to put away early. You 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 don't you do not want to be looking at the seventh or eighth inning and seeing you up by a run or down by three because, you know, who knows that lightning might strike in a bottle, although we've seen that this team has blown significant leads in the past. So it's one of those deals where you better put it on them early, take their mind out of the game, and uh, just make sure you don't get hurt along the way. I saw the uh, the stat last night that with uh, when Gallegos came in and blew the save, it was the 25th time this year that the uh, the Cardinals had blown a save. Um, the fact that that's top five and not number one was was kind of surprising to me that there are there are three or four other teams in baseball that have blown more saves than the Cardinals have this year. And I'm guessing their records are all probably similar to that of the Cardinals too. Yeah, I would think so. You know, here, here's something that we ought to take into account. You know, baseball is talking about expanding and, you know, relocation and things like that. We don't have enough pitching right now. No. Okay. So how do you think in two years or three years, whenever expansion comes about, do you think pitching is going to be plentiful then? I mean, there are some teams that are flat out losing games because they don't have enough people who can throw strikes and get people out. And to say that you want to expand, I think, is uh, something they better step back and take a long, hard look at and and maybe emphasize developing pitching more. Uh, How you do that, I don't know. But I don't think any team should be saddled uh, coming into a league and they have this and they have that and they just don't have enough pitching. So something needs to be done here in the next year or so. I don't want to say expand the roster because all you're doing is bringing up minor league guys who aren't ready, but I just don't think baseball can continue uh, in this direction without trying to address an urgent need that be a pitching. I'm glad you you brought that up. I forgot to put it on my notes for today. So Oakland, we we know that Oakland is right now. I mean, they want to be in Vegas. That that's where it seems like they will end up within the next three to five years. Is is a team in in Vegas, the the Vegas A's or whatever you want to call them at that point. Um, kind of a surprise over the weekend. News coming out of Milwaukee that the Brewers might start looking for a new uh, new potential city to go live in. Uh, did, did you expect that news to come out? Did you Had you heard any rumblings of the fact that maybe Milwaukee wasn't a long-term home for them? Well, I think all you had to do is look at the ballpark. I mean, they've done nothing to it since it's been open. Uh, I don't think Mil- the Brewers have much of a leg to stand on. If, you, if they think the city of Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin, is going to shell out a lot of money and the, and the, and the Brewers not contribute as well, they might as well call a moving van. Now, I don't know where they're going to move to. They're not an attractive team, but I don't think these city governments and states 
are interested in getting involved in reinvesting into ballparks or just stadiums as a whole without the involvement and investment of the team. This is where I think we made a big mistake. You know, the team is like, well, we got to have it. Like, hey, you making money? You throw something in too. Uh, and I think if, if you have somebody who's willing to do that, then maybe we can find some money uh, because it is a good tax revenue generator. But but at the end of the day, you can't solely put this on the on the shoulders of city government and state government. Is this not where something like uh, somewhere like Nashville would come into play? I think Nashville has a set uh, set on a uh, expansion team. But the also the other thing is this: they don't even have a ballpark yet. I mean, yeah. they haven't turned over one shovel of dirt to build one. So I don't know when Milwaukee's lease is up, but I think there's probably a few years left on it, and they're trying to get in, get out in front on this. But I, I am not one that believes that teams should be holding cities hostages hostage if they're not willing to make a contribution themselves. It just it seems like if if Vegas and Nashville are your two premier destinations to move a baseball team to and Oakland is obviously not working. And if Milwaukee's <clears throat> popping up, I mean, that, that seems like a move. It stays in the central and then you figure out maybe what to do with Tampa at a certain point, whenever that discussion comes up about a stadium. Yeah. They, they got some work to do on now off, off the field with regard to cities. And I think the other question is what cities are really viable? You mentioned Las Vegas. You mentioned Nashville. I think yeah, I would agree with you on there. Is Tampa a better location than St. Petersburg? Well, the answer is yes. Uh, Montreal, is Montreal really viable? I say no. Uh, but there are some who feel like, yeah, we can get baseball back in Canada. I don't know. I don't think about that. I don't think that gonna, that's going to work. Salt Lake City has tried to throw their hat into the sports arena. So I just don't know if you have enough cities to really make this interesting, you know, without the ones I just mentioned. And, you know, I think you have to look at the state of those cities' financial affairs on whether they can even house one. Now, it helps if you've already had a pro team. And I mentioned Salt Lake City. They've got the, the Jazz, but that's it. Uh, it also helps if you're the only game in town. Uh, so they have some things working in their fa- to their advantage. Nashville is a growing city. I mean, it's it's hot. You know, I'd kick the tires on Austin, Texas, but I think the Rangers and the Astros would have something to say about that. Uh, but overall, you just don't have as many venues as you think you do. Yeah. And uh, I, I just I, thinking, I mean, Orlando, is that a, I know Orlando was kind of in the running for it a few years ago. They they put a plan in place, but you haven't heard much of it after, uh, since then. No, you haven't. And uh, I think there's a few reasons why, Uh, you know, Orlando, from a political standpoint, is kind of a little bit of a state of flux because of the Disney Ron DeSantis relationship. Uh, I think that's had a real eye opener for a lot of other entities who might want to go into Mm -hmm. a state that really is topsy turvy with regard to philosophy and what they want when it comes to government compared to what the patrons want. So, you know, again, you, you have to look at. The, the bigger picture and, and who's going to build a stadium. Yeah, you know, how's that going to work? You know, you don't have uh, state taxes to, to draw from. I mean, you, you make a lot of money off of tourism, but at this point with Disney's situation in a, in a state of flux, I just don't know if that's going to work. This is the Amron Illinois lunch show with Klaibs and Joe here 
on clavesonline.com. A lot of off-field baseball talk. Let's take a quick 30-second break. When we come back, some of the on-field discussion to uh, to go over with the uh, with the Cardinals and other teams around the league. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Holiday out to deep right. Yes, yes, yes. He did it. On Friday, August 18th, the Cardinals host the Mets. And that night, 25,000 fans aged 16 and older take home a Cardinals Hall of Fame car parade bobblehead thanks to Ford. Fans will be surprised at the gates when they receive one of two mystery bobbleheads. Will it be Matt Holiday or will it be Ted Simmons? Which one will you get? Find out August 18th. Get your tickets now at cardinals.com slash promotions. That's coming up this weekend. It's Hall of Fame weekend at Bush Stadium, as uh, you will be on hand for uh, for all the stuff going on with the Mets come into town, um, the um, and all the details for that. Uh, a lot of Cardinals coming back. A lot of uh, former Cardinals coming back. It seemed like the list was uh, was pretty long for this year's uh, festivities. Well, I think it, it's for one of the reasons. I think it's Jose Oquendo. Yeah. I mean, you think about how many years he's been involved in the organization. You go back to the 80s, uh, and there are guys he's played with. There's guys he's coached with. There's guys he's coached, you know, uh, guys he's coached that are coming back. So it's going to be a good turnout. Max Lanier is a whole different story. I mean, you know, he's been gone for a while. And, you know, there's 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 some interesting debate about whether Max Lanier should be actual Cardinal Hall of Famer. You know, he was a guy, uh, for lack of a better correlation, there was a Mexican league, kind of like the Live Tour, mm-hmm. who was trying to poach players from Major League Baseball. And Max Lanier was one of the guys who went, tried to get Stan Musial to go, and Stan said no. And, you know, there was some that kind of blacklisted uh, Max Lanier after that. And there were some other social concerns that I think some people raised about Max Lanier and how he felt about people of color. So I, I was kind of taken by the fact that for a guy who had such a cloud over his head, he's going in the Cardinal Hall of Fame. Now, his son, Hal, was a really good in, uh, person within the Cardinal organization as a manager in the minors and also a coach, a uh, third base coach for a number of years doing with Whitey Herzog. Uh, but we're talking about Max. So I, I'm not sure how this is going to work. Uh, they changed the format with regard to it's going to be Sunday morning instead of Sunday, Saturday afternoon. You know, the weather really had a lot to do with that over the last few years. Mm. I mean, it was oppressively warm <laughs> yeah. and it, it took its toll on some people. So they thought maybe if they do it in the morning, it might be a better situation. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so the list of, uh, of Cardinal Hall of Famers that will take part, Ozzy Smith, Tony La Russa, Ted Simmons, Scott Rowland, Keith Hernandez, Tom Herr, Vince Coleman, John Tudor, Ray Langford, Mark McGuire, Jim Edmonds, Jason Isringhausen, and Chris Carpenter. All well, who do we forget? Uh, yeah, Willie McGee's it. Willie McGee will be there. Yeah, uh, is Roland going to be there this weekend? Yeah, Scott Rowland getting... will be here. Yeah. Okay, he'll uh, yeah, he'll be there. Have they mentioned anything? Have, has there been any news, or are we expecting any news on any more uh, honors for for Scott Rowland? Any well, kind of his number? plaque, his plaque will be here. I haven't yes. heard whether they're going to retire his number or not. Okay, uh, I would think that would be the case. Right. Uh, but you know, I look. I'm not part of the selection committee. I just show up when I'm invited and I let somebody else who is smarter than me on that regard, uh, handle that business. Let's talk about a future Cardinal hall of famer, Adam Wainwright this past weekend, they got hit hard again in Kansas city. The, uh, the Cardinals, uh, management kind of got together, talked with him. They decided he's still going to make his next start. He's got about six weeks to get two wins, find two wins somewhere on there. And I, I know that's 
kind of what they're what it seems like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get them to that magic number of 200 wins. Um, but it's it's tough to watch right now with how he's uh, out there pitching, and I think nobody feels worse about it than Adam Wainwright. Well, you're right. It has been tough to watch. Um, and I, I think for other reasons, the fact that, you know, Adam, such a good guy, everybody likes him, uh, hard worker, represent the organization well on and off the field, and you, and you pull for him. But it's just not working. And I don't know what else he can do to turn this around. I mean, we've heard a lot of different reasons on why it hasn't been effective. And I think some of those reasons are falling on deaf ears. With that said, uh, the Cardinals don't really have a lot of options because, you know, we just lost another pitcher yesterday in Steven Matz. It's not like your farm system is loaded with these young arms that it can come in and take over. Uh, so I, I don't know what your what the recourse is. You know, you want to run Jake Wifford out there for three or four innings, perhaps. But, you know, I just don't think that uh, the Cardinals have as many vast options that one might think if you do want to shut him down. But, you know, he's earned the right to go after it. I just think the problem that you run across is when you walk in the clubhouse and you see who's pitching, you have to say to yourself, we're going to need at least eight runs tonight in order to be close. Yeah. And, you, you know, as good as this offense has been, you just can't – it's not like you can put, put a quarter in a jukebox and just say, hey, go out and get eight runs. We may yeah. need we may need nine. Uh, there are a lot of things that go into that. They could I, I mean Rammer on on Daily Cards has discussed the possibility of putting him in the bullpen and maybe vulturing a few wins somewhere somewhere that way. Um, even with an opener, as you mentioned, Woodford goes for three, and then you bring Wayne right in, hoping that it's a situation where he can get a win that way. Well, let me ask you this. <clears throat> What what have you seen from him being a starter to coming out of the bullpen where his stuff is going to be different? And that's and that's the point I was going to make. Last night we saw in the game Giovanni Gallegos came in, blew the lead, wasn't what wasn't on top of his game. The next inning the Cardinals come back, take the lead, and in a you know in baseball rules and what we know of the game, Giovanni Gallegos should have been the pitcher of record for that. But the official scorer listed uh, Giovanni Gallegos as brief and ineffective and gave the win to uh, Jojo Romero. Well, I, I commend the official score. Uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with some of the scoring, but that decision I had no problem with. Are, are you in regards to Jordan Walker and uh, his triple last night? <laughs> okay. Did, so you, the, did you interview Walker after the game? I know I did. he. Okay. I did. Uh, <laughs> The catchability rate was percentage was 50%. Okay. That's it. So, so my point is if you're a big leaguer and you have a 50 50 chance of getting, of making that play, it hits you in the glove. You can't come up with it. That's an error. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the only way a guy gets an error, unless the ball is hit directly to him, he doesn't have to move left or right, backwards or forward. He just drops it. That's the only way it seems like guys get errors. I mean, I think we're setting a record. We're going to catch up with Garrick or, or Ripken as far as most consecutive games without having an error marked down for the Cardinals. Yeah, that was that. That was. I mean, when you saw the replay of that over and over again, he had to cover a lot of ground. But as you said, I mean, that ball hit him in the hand. It wasn't off the tip of the glove. It wasn't, you know, a diving play. He was on the run, and that ball hit him in the glove. 
that's I mean, that's got to be caught at a high school level if you're running and the ball hits you in the glove like that. Yep. Let alone the uh, the major leagues. So uh, Wainwright's not going to get a start against the 33 win Oakland A's. Uh, he'll have to do it against the uh, the Mets this weekend for uh, for his next opportunity. You know, to get win 199. I got to tell you, um, you know, we talk about the opener. Uh, I, I don't know how many pitches Wayno threw. He threw a lot. So I was going to say maybe you bring him back uh, tomorrow. Uh, but you know maybe that's too soon considering how many pitches he threw on Saturday, yeah, or Friday. Just yeah, and at you know at this point, just give him the full rest, and that way you're not having any kind of other issues. Any kind of I, I don't want to. I'm not. I don't. Yeah, wanna another excuse. I don't want to use. I don't want to use the word excuse because well, I don't think Wainwright would. Yeah, I don't think Wainwright would go out and say like Why as not? an excuse. He's used every as, other one as that. I just think he's, he's, come he's out used every other excuse. You know, here, here's something else that I think comes into play. If you run him out there against the Oakland A's, you know, that's basically a slap in the face of the Oakland A's. Now they can say, well, you know, you guys have only won 33 games. We can slap you any way we want to. Yep. But you know what? I think there comes a sense of professional professional responsibility that if you feel like you can run this guy out here who's been getting – I think teams are hitting like 340 off of him. You're going to run him out here so you can think you can sneak him a win because we're the A's? Yeah, that 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 would not set a good tone as far as I'm concerned. Outside of the uh, the Cardinals organization, Klaibs, the uh, the the Rays have a situation on their hands. Uh, Wander Franco currently on the restricted list, did not make the trip with the team after reports came out of the Dominican Republic that he has been involved in a relationship with a 14 year old. And I think since then, another um, possible relationship with a minor has come out since then. How does baseball go about gathering information on this? Um, and what does, I, I mean, obviously, yes, if something is found to have happened, it's legal, the legal, you know, the law takes over from there. But how does baseball kind of handle this going forward? Well, I think the first step is the right one. Take them off the field until you get more evidence or more information. I don't want to say evidence because he hasn't been charged of any, by anything. But I think you have to take him off the field just to reduce the distraction. Throw in the fact that you, 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 your best pitcher's done for the year. You know, Tampa's about to start bailing water. Uh, and this is a team that just had an incredible start. Uh, and now it looks like they're, they're, they're floundering. But I think baseball's got to make sure he's away from this. I think they need to be able to get down to the, the DR and ask some questions and look into this even more and see if this is real or not. Uh, you know, because I think we're messing with a guy's career. Okay. Uh, not just from a legal standpoint, but just as a human being. So you want to make sure you're careful. You want to make sure you're fair and objective. And I think one of the things I think is fair is for him not to be participating until we get more information. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take another break. When we come back, we'll get into more football discussion. A lot of baseball talk here in the first half hour of the show. It's the Amron Illinois Lunch Show with Klaibs and Joe. We are powered by Graybar, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, right here on ClaibsOnline.com. Can Graybar help my electrical and datacom jobs be more productive? Yep. Our supply chain services are designed to do just that. Like job site services? Yep. We deliver the products you need where and when you need them, no matter your industry. What if I have technical questions? Yep, our specialists are top notch. Emergency support? Yep, even after hours. They're a unicorn. 
When you need to keep your projects productive and profitable, rely on Graybar to help you get the job done right. No unicorns required. Yep, Graybar does that. It's the Amron, Illinois Lunch Show with Klaibs and Joe here on ClaibsOnline.com. And Klaibs, later on this week, you'll be talking more baseball with Bob Nightingale in another episode of Good Nightingale. And also a little bit of golf with Nick Ragone of the Ascension Charity Classic. That is coming up. Uh, we're, we're coming up on, what, three weeks away from uh, Three from weeks that? away from the event. And uh, a lot of good things are going on with that. We'll have Nick on on Thursday, as you mentioned, Bob Nightingale. Uh, as we're starting to see these teams try to put some distance between themselves and some of the other teams that are contending. So there's, there's enough good stuff going on right now. And, yeah. and coming up soon, we'll have Huddle Up with Howard. We'll be talking some college football and certainly some NFL in just in just a bit. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to get myself up to speed on the uh, on, on the golf coming up here. And I, I know I believe I'm, I'm home that weekend. So I'm going to head out there and uh, see a few of the rounds uh, out there for the Ascension Charity Classic. I've never made it out there to uh, to one of those in the past, so this will be uh, this will be a good chance to uh, to go out there and watch some of the uh, the legends of golf out there as uh, you and Nick talk about it each and every week. Yeah, it's going to be fun. As you mentioned, uh, Huddle Up with Howard is making its return as well. The uh, college football rankings, preseason rankings came out. Georgia, once again, number one as oh, they okay, go right. for a three-peat. Uh, but uh, you, you got to play the first few weeks of games to see who even who, who's legit and who's... Yeah, that's uh, why I don't yeah. even talk about it. That's why yeah. I don't even talk about it because nobody's playing anybody early. There's a few... Games and networks have tried to pay teams to participate in, but for the most part, it's 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 just not what I call what the college football season is all about. And that's with all of the potential realignment that we are seeing uh, out and about. Which, by the way, we we talked about it uh, at length last week. Uh, but since then, I believe Cal and Stanford are looking at joining the Atlantic Coast Conference. Well, uh, the ACC two- doesn't want them now. Yeah, those are two schools that should be smart enough to not join a conference called the Atlantic Coast. God, they they should see the geography there uh, and the and maybe the renaming of that. But yeah, that I, I at this point I've seen a few different realignments kind of thrown out there of just saying you know what screw the conferences as as they are. Here's what we should do. Kind of a sixty four team whatever. This is your you know these are your teams that can qualify for the for the playoffs for the national championship, and then just kind of have it tiered from, from there. And I think, you know, this whole thing might blow up in the next six years or so to where maybe we don't have the sec and we don't have the big 10 and it kind of just gets even more. Uh, we see more of a change than what we have right now. I, I'm not going to go that far. And here's why a, there aren't enough good teams. B, you talked about eliminating a lot of middle people who run these conferences and they're not going over. They're not going out without a fight. So I think what you may see is um, you'll see these conferences stay under the same umbrella, but I think they're going to probably thin out the herd and make sure we have good competitive teams uh, compared to some of the, uh, the tackling dummies that you see out there right now. So uh, there's a lot of work to be done. So, and I don't think you can pull it off in one year. Um, you, you probably have to have everybody at the table, presidents, athletic directors, network marketing people. Uh, it, it should be a conglomerate of, of uh, people who can put this 
shape this thing for the future. And I don't think you can just do it with college presidents. I think you have to have some pretty smart people who can tell them how are we going to make even more money? And I think you have to have athletic directors to make sure that they remain a competitive balance. You probably ought to take a look at how you do NIL and transfer portal, which is the reason why they need to get out of the NCAA and, and come up with their own setup. The uh, the first week of the season, as you mentioned, not a whole lot of great games there. I'm sure when Florida and Utah scheduled each other, I'm sure Florida thought they'd still have a pretty good program, but they've fallen on hard times over the uh, the past few years. You do have um, in that first week, which I know you and Howard will get to in the, the next few weeks, LSU, Florida State, and then week two, Texas and Alabama. So those are kind of your early season ones to look at is as the Texas program will uh, make their way to uh, Brian Denny stadium before they become a part of the sec and learn what that's all about. Well, they have a chance to go to the woodshed. So, uh, and Texas is good. I'm not going to take anything away from them. They don't even know who their quarterback's going to be yet, but Sarkeesian is a really good coach. Uh, he'll, he'll have something in store for Alabama when it, when it's time to play, but he's just a little short on talent with regard to experience, but so is Alabama. They, they're bringing back not as many people as they've done in the past. Uh, so they'll, they'll be feeling each other out in that game. The uh, Have you watched the Johnny Manziel documentary yet? I have no interest in Johnny Manziel. I, I've always... No, I'm not going to watch it. I I think Johnny Manziel got a pass in a lot of different ways. And to glorify a guy who was not that good, uh, I'm, I'm good. I got too many other things I'm trying to watch. Yeah, I just from the from the bits and pieces of it, I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing yet from the from the bits and pieces of it. Just so many mistakes at so many different levels from people who are getting paid a lot of money to make those decisions and make those calls. It just, it's fascinating how many people screwed up with. uh, No, you're right. You're right. And and, um, all you have to do is if you know the story, like many do, uh, I I guess the question is why are we revisiting a guy who's just a guy? Uh, You know, we find out that he wasn't this wealthy person that they perceived him to be. Uh, He's got people, you know, faking heart attacks to make sure that he can pass a drug test. I mean, it's not worth my time. Uh, on to the NFL preseason just started up this week. I know you said that you don't really follow much of what's going on in the NFL in the preseason. Uh, should be noted though, Dalvin Cook just signed a contract with the uh, with the Jets. As we're we're seeing, I guess as close to an NFL version of a all-star team of a, I, I, I'm trying to think what the, what the NBA tries to do with the super teams as Aaron Rodgers goes there. Now you get Dalvin cook. You're trying to put all these big personalities. Ring chasers. Yeah. You're, you're, ring chasers. You're trying to put all these big personalities and guys on one team. And man, it just never really does work out no matter what sport you're playing. Yeah. Very seldom does it work out. That's for sure. Uh, we saw it work in Miami with the heat. There have been some other teams. You know, New England put a team together like that, and, you know, a, a lucky catch in a Super Bowl is the reason why they didn't have another ring. Uh, but overall, your point is valid. It's really hard to to have all those moons and stars be aligned in order to win the championship. So we'll see what happens. It's also interesting to see uh, uh former running back from Dallas is now going to be a New England Patriot, Ezekiel Elliott, um, yeah. a, a team that's needed a running game for forever. Uh, I don't know if he's enough because I don't know if their offensive line is good enough to block for him or anybody else. 
going into it, you, we talked about Dave Fleming earlier finishing last in fantasy football. Those drafts are coming up in the next couple of weeks for a lot of people. How these teams are going to value that running back position this year? It is, it's something you're not going to learn in preseason right now. No, and it's something that a lot of people are going to uh, invest some money in that running back position, and uh, they they might be in for a uh, they, they might be in for a long season. With well, what they have. Th- those people who do that probably are going to lose anyway. Yeah, if they think if they think along that line. I think running backs are important, especially from November on. And if there's one standing around, you might be able to make some money off of them. The uh, this past weekend in the um, in the uh, the preseason games, um, interesting thing happened with Mike Vrabel, the uh, Tennessee Titans head coach. He uh, did not coach in the uh, the game. The Titans were coached by Terrell Williams, a uh, one of their assistant head coaches. Mike Vrabel said, you know what? I want this guy to get uh, head coaching experience. I want him to get interviews, and I want him to get a head coaching job. There you go. Now he's going to go into an interview, and he can say, I had experience in this game. What do you think of what Mike Vrabel did for his assistant? Well, I think it's commendable that a coach would do something owners wouldn't do. Uh, and, you know, we need more Mike Vrabels. Um, he understands how challenging challenging this is for a person of color to get a legitimate whiff at a head coaching job. So for Mike Vrabel to do that, I tip my cap to him. Hopefully some other coaches will be inspired to do it as well. Uh, but it really starts at the top with ownership as far as them having a comfort level, which they apparently don't have, uh, and why we don't see more people of color that are head coaches. Uh, we, we have all the coordinators you can ask for. And, but, you know, as far as being the head guy, they come up with every excuse on why they can't, they don't get hired, but we all know that it has more do, to do with color than qualifications. Yeah. I, I'm surprised it's been about a week and we haven't seen another head coach do this yet. Well, it's, some coaches aren't in a position to do it because they're trying to figure out their team. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're trying to just figure it out. And there's a time and place for it. There's no doubt about that. Um, maybe you see more coaches say, we're going to turn over mini camp to you or, or training camp to you. And you, you run us through the squad meetings and things of that nature. And you sit in the room when we start to draft players. Um, maybe that's a direction you might want to look at. Coming up uh, this, uh, as you mentioned, we have Huddle Up with Howard coming up in a bit. Uh, and then also this weekend, the uh, Walk in a Fairway with Nick Rigone talking about the Ascension Charity Classic. And uh, Bob Nightingale with Good Nightingale. All those brought to you by our friends, Claves at Fast Eddie's Bonaire. Fast Eddie's Bonaire over in Alton, Illinois. Coldest beer, peel and eat shrimp, Fat Eddie burgers. Uh, always something to do. A lot of live entertainment virtually every night. And if you're looking for something to do different, if you want to make it a date night or whether you want to hang out with the buddies and sit back and have a few cold ones while you take in some football, or some Cardinal baseball, uh, this is a place to go. They've been there for a long time. They own the street. You can't miss it. It's at the foot of the bridge in Alton, Illinois. Swing by and look for Fast Eddie. He's there normally, and uh, he'll make sure you have a good time. The only thing he asks you to be is over 21. He is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. We will be back in 30 seconds to wrap up today's show. It is the Amron Illinois Lunch Show, powered by Graybar, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, here on ClavesOnline.com. The legends of golf return to St. Louis in 2023. You won't want to miss one of the strongest fields in golf. Ernie Els, Steve Stricker, Bernard Langer, John Daly, and many more when they compete for the 2023 Ascension Charity Classic title, September 5th through the 10th at historic Norwood Hills Country Club. 
All proceeds benefit area charities. Together, we were able to donate over $1 million to those most in need last year. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com. Final few minutes here of the Amarillo Illinois Lunch Show, powered by Gray Bar, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura. Claves, the NBA Hall of Fame, uh, inducted a few new members this past weekend. Pretty good class. Tony Parker, Paul Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Greg Popovich all go in to the uh, basketball. I'm sorry, not the NBA Hall of Fame. The basketball, basketball National Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Yes. Right. Becky Hammond goes in as mm-hmm. well. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, current coaches going into the Hall of Fame, as we saw with Greg Popovich? And we and we see it with a lot of uh, basketball, I think, is the main sport you see that with. Well, I, I think their body of work has already been established. Um, you know, maybe Greg Popovich wins again. Who knows? But I don't really have a problem with it. All the guys that go in have already established their footprint with regard to their impact in the league. This isn't some young fledgling guy who – you know, still has some coaching in front of them, a whole lot of coaching. Uh, I think they've, they've done it the right way. And I thought the speeches <clears throat> were very meaningful. Uh, Becky Hammond's speech about Greg Popovich was very touching. Dwayne Wade chronicled his career, his life. That was very good. Paul Casal talked about there's still things for him to do on this planet. Uh, yeah, I, I really thought of all the Hall of Fame speeches we've seen over the last month or so, these players and coaches probably were the most meaningful. Gene Cady, you know, he was there. And I mean, it, it was it was very touching. I didn't cry as much as I do at the NFL Hall of Fame. But, uh, you know, this is that time of the year where I do get emotional. Baseball doesn't do anything for me. I mean, those guys, and I'm happy for them. But man, it's something about the NBA and uh, or the basketball and certainly the NFL that just really stands out. Have you have you been to the basketball Hall of Fame? I've been all every. I've been to the Hockey Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, the ba- National Baseball Hall of Fame, and the uh, in, uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. So I've been to all four. The only Hall of Fame that I have ever been to is the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's the only one of the four that was up in Toronto last uh, last July for Cardinals Blue Jays. I mean, it's right there, and and I think that's just because it's in a major city that it was it was right there and and went to that. Have not been to any of the other three. And well, the other three are harder to get to in Toronto. That's, yeah, and, that. and that's kind of I, I would say my excuse for it is just why I've been to the hockey one of, of all the, uh, all the four, uh, Claves also, uh, James Harden had comments over the weekend about his, uh, his current GM, Daryl Morley. Um, and just, that is, you know what I would do if I'm Daryl Morley, you don't want to play, just stay at home. Cause we're not going to pay you. Yeah. You know, I would just let him sit. I would not give him the pleasure and distinction of being traded because he doesn't trust him. If, if, if there's anybody who's got a credibility issue, it's James Harden. He, he's a basketball cancer. I mean, he's a ring chaser. Uh, if he doesn't like it his way, look at all the situations. How he, and, he and Kyrie Irving are the same person. Wherever they leave, it's always in shambles. So to hell with him. Let him stay at home. Yeah, What's that's he going to do? Or, I mean, I would just say trade him to a rival. No, and, no, no, no. I wouldn't trade him in. at all. You know what I'd do? I'd trade him to a team that's got a good chance to be in the lottery next year. Now, who is that? Oh, you're saying to get their pick. No, I would say, look, you can have him. We just want to bury his ass. Yeah. And then he won't report. And you know what? Uh, 
then you suspend him because he's not, you know, uh, giving you a professional effort. And let him rot. I don't care. I mean, the, you can't let guys continue to do this. And it, by the way, Adam Silver came out with an edict recently when uh, Damon Lillard said he wanted to be traded. He said, you can't say that anymore. So we'll see what the league does on that front. Are you surprised Lillard hasn't been traded yet? No. Nah. You know, he's back. He's backed his team into a corner as is, as the Miami Heat. And while he thinks he's a good player, I think he's a very good player. I don't know how he helps that team because they need some other things other than another guy who can score. A lot going on this week here on Klabes Online. As we mentioned, we have the uh, the shows coming up, uh, plus everything um, that you have this weekend with the Cardinals Hall of Fame. And on Thursday, Klabes, you have a big interview with Big E of the WWE. He'll be out at Bush Stadium. I, I would imagine throwing out the first pitch. I'm sure Ben Boyd's lined all that up for him, and uh, he'll be uh, he'll be doing that. And you get to talk to him before then as well. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I understand he's a pretty effective wrestler, or at least he was before he was injured. So I'm looking forward to talking to him about that and what's next in his career. They uh, they asked me to come out there too. WWE, they, they emailed me. We're going to have some tickets to give away on Claves Online to the upcoming show in October. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it out there for that, but I've, uh, I have talked to Biggie a few times. You're going to have fun talking to him he's an entertaining guy i'm gonna have so fun will, no matter what so you will have it's fun up to with him that. to keep up, keep up with a hall of fame weekend being this weekend what do you guys have for the uh for the show friday night uh ray lankford we know will be there and you never know if scott Rowland is in the house we might have him as well and uh jose okendo has been extended an invitation also Awesome. I would say with uh, that being Hall of Fame weekend, I imagine that's going to be one heck of a show at live at Lowe's on uh, Friday nights. And then we'll have all the uh, whatever content we get from me climbing the pole uh, for Amarin, Illinois tomorrow. I'll uh, I'll be doing that. Can't wait. I'm sure you can't because you're the one not doing it. So I'm sure you're real excited. Well, you know what? Involved. I know you'll do an admirable job. I'm, I'm I, you know what? I'll, I'll do as as much as I can physically. I'm, as much as I'm physically able to do. I'll get it done for, right. uh, go for, for them. All right. that This has been a, another edition of the Ameren Illinois Lunch Show with Claves and Joe. We're powered every week by Gray Bar, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. He is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. Until next time, right here on ClavesOnline.com. So what made you get involved in this program? I mean, you had multiple options, I'm sure, but what made you think that this is something you wanted to do? Well, um, I wasn't quite sure what kind of career path I wanted to take at the time. And I heard about the Painters Union and all the great things about it. Um, basically, they put you through this apprenticeship. It's a four-year apprenticeship. And um, they teach you everything you need to know about the trade. So it was pretty hard for me to pass up once I heard that. Well, um, I think mostly it was just knowing that you know, the, they're, they're here to protect you, the union is, and uh, knowing that I was going to be able to take my time to learn, I was, it wasn't going to be one of those things where they're forced to day one jump right into it. And I think once I figured that out, I mean, I love an opportunity to grow, and I think that that's the best thing for